0: Well, welcome to Table Talk with Mike and Angela. We're going to talk about breathing, about holding your breath, and we're going to talk about... Toilet paper rolls. Toilet paper rolls. (laughs) Here we go. Welcome to Table Talk with Mike and Angela, a weekly conversation focused on helping you understand more about the Bible, faith, and what it means to live a faithful life. And now, here are your hosts... Pastors Mike Holly and Angela Martin. Well, we're to the third word this week from the book, The Bible in 10 Words and from this Table Talk podcast. And, um, you know, when I think about this word, this third word, breath, I, I think about my experience growing up as a young person. Uh, I grew up with asthma. And it was not something that was pervasive in my life. I didn't have um, what uh, sort of a general term of of, uh, asthma or experience with asthma. I had exercise-induced asthma. And so whenever I was really exerting myself in exercise or when I would go outside and running in the cold or when I was playing basketball or something like that, that is when I would often have an asthma attack. And luckily, I had a rescue inhaler. I remember that. Uh, from being a young person. And, you know, if I started having an asthma attack, that uh, two puffs from that inhaler usually worked. But, you know, during that experience uh, of being a young person and having asthma, I remember those times uh, when I either didn't have my inhaler, you know, close by, or I I uh, it didn't take immediate effect how difficult it was to breathe, how those airways were not as open and they could not soak in all of the air that I needed, the oxygen that I needed for life. And, you know, having asthma makes you really appreciate breath. Uh, breath, I realized as a young person, is essential. Yeah, I
1: would say breath is life, right? Um we are able to live weeks without food and days without water, but without air. Uh, we, don't, we don't last very long. He had some interesting information, I thought, about uh, how much air we use. Uh, every minute, our bodies require about four gallons of air while resting, six gallons while walking, and 12 gallons while running. And during our lifetime, we will take in some 75 million gallons of air. Mm. I have no idea how you measure a gallon of air, but there you go. Uh, Our key verse this week is from Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Uh, Genesis 2 gives us the details of the creation of humankind, but you back up to uh, the first chapter, you uh, get uh, this kind of overview of um, God's forming and filling creation. Uh, there's a, a pattern where uh, God is forming in the first three days and then filling In days four, five, and six, uh, he fills the skies with celestial bodies. He fills the water, the seas, with uh, sea creatures, large and small. And he fills the earth with vegetation and animals that roam the earth. And then we have God creating humankind. And he fills this lump of clay that is to be Adam with God's own breath. And uh, God's breath birthed in Adam the pulse of life, and the the term that is used there in Genesis, the Hebrew word for breath, it also means spirit, but it's the Hebrew word ruah, which I think that's pretty. Interesting.
0: You know, from uh, my time in, in seminary in New Testament and Old Testament, one of my friends, Lisa, that was one of her favorite words uh, from from school, ruach. It's just fun to say. Uh, and if you can really get that guttural, you know, um, uh, sound out of ruach, uh, that C-H, that's that's mm-hmm. the most fun that you mm-hmm. can have there. Um, you know, but uh, like like you said, in, in Genesis alone, uh, words related to... To that word, Ruah, are translated as wind, as breath, and as spirit. You know, when God's, uh, when winds move across the waters, when God breathes life into Adam, um, you know, there is this idea that God's breath is really animating and, um, you know, creating something um, wonderful and holy. Uh, And so you think about this, you know, Adam and eventually Eve are made in the image of God. And there's this idea that that God's breath is reserved for the creation of human beings and that they're made in his image and filled with his very breath. And that's one thing that uh, maybe makes us uh, able to be in such a close relationship to God, that there's something about God in us that allows us to be in relationship uh, with him, but I, I do think that we we really need to think about what it means for God's breath or God's wind to be active. You know, there there's a movement that happens. It's not just that um, God breathes breath breath into uh, Adam and he can breathe. But it gives him life and he's able to be a companion with God. When, when God uh, makes his spirit move, things happen, you know, and so there's this movement that God's breath, God's spirit um, animates things, uh, moves things forward in the way that they're supposed to go. Um, and in a sense... That, that creation of Adam and breathing life into the, to him is creating that partner that uh, that that you know uh, co creator in a way not in the sense that we're partners in creating creation but that we're tending to creation we are you know given the opportunity to be God's partner on Earth
1: mm-hmm. yeah isn't it amazing that that was not enough. For Adam and Eve, (laughs) they wanted more. Uh, And so, you know the story. Uh, Their sin kind of severs us from that life giving relationship with God. And as we said last week, when we were talking about dust, we used the term dust is our destiny. Um, And because of that, at some point, uh, we will all take our last breath. Uh, I love the way that uh, Genesis, uh, if you read through several of the stories there, uh, Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, and Jacob, when they come to the end of their life, the writer of Genesis uses the term, he breathed his last. Um, and we will all come to that point, right, where we will breathe our last breath. We will run out of breath. Um, but, you know, that I don't... <laughs> Even though our death stands ahead of us all the time, uh, I don't think it has to be such a negative thing. Stanley and I were talking earlier today about always trying to find the uh, the silver lining in things. <laughs> and I think there can be this benefit of the fact that we know that our death is coming. Um, and I think one of those is that while we don't know when we will die, we don't know the timing of our death. Because of that, we learn to rely on God. Um, you know, it, it's God's timing, uh, but we learn to to rely on Him in all matters of life and those things that are life-giving. And then, too, because our days are limited, we truly treasure whatever time that we have been Given, And I know we see that, especially with, with people who are sick and they know, uh, they, they can see death as being a little bit closer. And we understand how they treasure their moments with family and, and friends. And in, in all actuality, uh, we should all live every day like that. We should treasure those moments and all the gifts that God has given us. Spoo uh, mentioned the toilet-paper-spool philosophy of his existence. Um, It's kind of a humorous way to to think about things. Um, Certainly, you know, as a kid, it always seemed like Christmas just would never come, right? You know, time passes so much slower. And as adults... Christmas, it it feels like you get one paid off and then it's time to prepare and shop for the next one. But uh, the toilet paper spool philosophy is that in the beginning, you know, of a new roll of toilet paper, the spool at the center turns slowly, but uh, as the roll is depleted, the cardboard center turns faster and faster. And life, life feels that way. I will say... Uh, There's a new uh, perspective to add to that, Uh, having been in the the pandemic with the toilet paper roll shortage. Shortage, right. right. Uh, You know, there was a meme that went around that said, you know, pre-COVID, you know, I spun that thing like the wheel of fortune, you know, and now when you can't find any toilet paper, I'm turning it like I'm cracking a safe, right? Right. You know. Five squares.
0: That's all you need, people. Five and, and, and do you remember, sort of, at the beginning of the shortage, kind of somewhere in the first maybe month of the of the pandemic, at least here in Alabama, people were posting on social media, "Hey, I found toilet paper at this place. I found right. toilet paper at this place." It's a little bit better now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you yeah. you definitely savor the rolls that you have more when when you don't see rolls on the shelves at the right. store. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, th- I think um, that that idea of life sort of um, speeds up at the end um, is just so true. You know, when when I was a a young father, I know that. Um, you know, people were saying, it's just going to fly by. It's going to fly by. And and at first I was thinking, can it please go a little faster? Cause I want to go back to sleep sometime, but now I've got a, a, a child in high school. It just really has flown by. You know, it's an odd thing to talk about, um, today, but, um, I had a professor once that, uh, reminded us that Christians used to pray for a long death. In fact, there is a a passage or a prayer in one of the old books of worship in the Anglican Church that actually says that, God save me from a quick death. And the idea was, is that a quick death did not give you the opportunity to make amends with others, to really savor the people in your life, uh, to love them and to let them know how you truly feel. Um, and, um, really to make amends with God too, you know, and, you know, today everybody is hoping to just pass away quietly without any pain while they're asleep. Um, whereas that wasn't the case for, for earlier Christians, at least they, Mm -hmm. they really wanted to make sure that they had an opportunity to end well. And, um, I think that part of what you're saying about treasuring our breath is that You know, if we if we don't want to have a a long death, if we don't want to have that um, that that time of really, um, you know, having to make amends, we should do it now. You know, we should treasure every breath. We should always treat every day as a gift, a gift to do things for others, a a gift to do things for God. Um, If we're treasuring every breath, if we're really thankful for every breath that we have then maybe at the end of life, we can look back, um, maybe maybe not with as uh, uh, you know, getting everything we ever wanted or getting to do everything we wanted, but maybe we can look back with contentment that, you know, we did what we could with every breath that we had. You know, I I have a friend who, when I ask him how he's doing, he always says, better than I deserve. And it's sort of a, you know, a sappy way of best basically saying, Hey, I'm glad I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in a way I kind of think about that as, you know, if, if we think about our days and our best as, as a gift to do something to, for God, to be employed for something better than just, um, taking care of ourselves and making ourselves happy, then maybe that's what treasuring every breath means. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds good. So we're going to take a break and we're going to go to a ministry highlight with Stanley and JT, and we're going to continue talking about breath and how it plays out through scripture.
1: Room 35226 is a ministry here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church where we provide school supplies to all of the local schools in our zip code 35226. There's either a room or a classroom at these schools where anytime a teacher or a counselor notices that a child or a student has a need that revolves around school supplies, they can go to that room or that closet and get it for that student. We have two main ways in which you can help. The first
0: way is by donating school supplies. We are always in need of zipper binders. That's something that we are always in need of. The schools are always asking for, so zipper binders are a huge need at these schools. The second thing that you can be doing is if you don't wanna go out and shop for zipper binders or for school supplies, you can just donate money here to the church and specify that you want it to go towards room 35226, and we will make sure that money gets spent for things for these kids. And so we are always thankful for the ways in which you continue to support this ministry. And as always, uh, we love Room Three Five Two Two Six, and we love being able to support the kids in our community. Well, Angela, um, you know that I used to be in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And early on in my uh, ministry here in Alabama, uh, I was a youth director in a church, and we went on a retreat to the beach with another youth group. And we were talking about breath. We were talking about breathing deep the love of God, breathing deep the spirit of God. And so breath was a part of our theme for that weekend. And I remember one of the things that we thought was so innovative uh, was that there was a pool at this this sort of youth camp beach place down at the Gulf. Um, and, and so what we told them was, is we're going to actually let you experience what it's like to not breathe. And so we got them in the pool and we we tried, you know, uh, three, four people at a time and they swam as far as they could underwater um, w- without taking a breath. And person after person, student after student, it was almost like clockwork. After about 30 seconds or 45 seconds or even, you know, a couple people, it was a minute, they would come up out of the water just shooting up. And what would you hear? you know, this gasp uh, uh, of breath. And, you know, one of the things that we were trying to um, teach them is that, you know, if if we're supposed to be in relationship with God, if we're supposed to breathe in the very life of God, then any time that we go without doing so, if we're holding our breath, so to speak, we're not getting what we need from God. And so we tried to teach them that you know, our spiritual lives are not supposed to be like that example. We're not supposed to go without taking a breath for six days and then gasp for breath on the Sabbath day or on Sunday. You know, we, we were supposed to breathe in God and breathe in his grace and breathe in his love and mercy every single day so that we're not gasping on the Sabbath. We're actually able to really, really sing well. And I, you uh, are, have mm-hmm. been in music, you know, music has been a part of your life. Every, every, every music teacher, when they're teaching voice, what do they do? They teach you how to breathe. Yep. Because if you don't know how to breathe well, you're not going to be able to hit that note or you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to hold it as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, if we're wanting to praise God on, on the Sabbath, we've got to be able to Have the breath, so you know. I look at this in sort of the same way as when Jesus talks about in the Gospel of John that we're supposed to abide in Him. You know that we're to abide; that we're supposed to be connected. We're supposed to have our lives in Him. We're supposed to be connected to Him every single day, and not just um, one day a week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think in a in a way, you know, we don't want to wait to our last breath. To breathe everything in, we want to breathe with Christ every single day.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and thankfully, uh, Jesus did come and, and uh, offers us uh, a second chance, an opportunity uh, at new beginnings. While Adam and Eve uh, kind of uh, insured death, Jesus comes and ensures eternal life for us. Uh, but when He um, when he dies on the cross, you know, we talked about how Genesis uses the phrase breathed His last. And it's not used again until the Gospels where both Mark and Luke use it to describe the death of Jesus. Mm. Uh, but in both accounts, breathing His last, uh, what appears to be an ending is actually a new beginning. Uh, in Mark, the temple curtain is torn, uh, and is symbolic of the fact that that Jesus brings us into the presence of God with His death. And then in Luke, uh, the Roman centurion's heart is opened uh, when he witnesses Jesus' death, and he and he realizes that Jesus really is righteous. And so you have the open temple and the open heart. And uh, and so what that says to us is that Jesus' last breath creates those new possibilities and an opportunity for decisions uh, that we never knew existed. And, uh, of course, you know, things begin to move fast after, after Jesus' resurrection. You have Jesus coming to the disciples, and he gifts them with the Holy Spirit and empowers them to do God's work. Um Uh, In a moment when they are afraid and and quite dumbfounded about what has happened, Jesus comes and gifts them with the Holy Spirit. And then you move to the early church and we have Pentecost, Mm -hmm. uh, where God gives each one of us personally, uh, fills us with God's spirit and empowers us to do God's work. And then as the church, of course, with its variety of people and gifts and strengths, uh, we are empowered to do God's work together. So, um, you know, Jesus can breathe new life into us even when we are gasping for breath, right? Especially when we are gasping for breath. And so the question becomes, what are we called to do with that? What are we called to do with this new gift of life Um Do we use it to bless others, like bless our families and the people that we work with and worship with and those we connect with in the larger world? Do we use it to praise God, which Spoo says is the highest uh, honor uh, of how we use our breath to worship and uh, to give God the giver of all good things. Thanks
0: for what he has done for us. Well, I I love the way that, uh, he and you have, you know, put it because when we think about breathing, we often think about what's coming in. Right. Um, as human beings, we're breathing in oxygen, among other things, but that's the thing we need the most to survive. Mm-hmm. And we're breathing out carbon dioxide, which is poisonous to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we often think about breathing out as, as bad. Uh, we need to do it to make room for more air. Um, but, you know, in a way, when God looks at what we do with our breath, it becomes very important, you know. We're supposed to um, not let our tongues, as James says, be used to um, to put down or to tear down. You know, our our tongues are used to glorify God. That's the primary use for them. Uh, every breath out is an opportunity for us to speak or to sing um, uh, praises to God or words of care and encouragement to others. Um, So, you know, when I think about breath, and we think about putting breath to use. It's not just about every breath that we have. We have another chance to live, but it's also another chance we have to speak or to do things that are uh, constructive, proactive, helpful, and of course, a blessing to others. Now, uh, I mentioned that Lisa's favorite word from the Hebrew, at least uh, in seminary, was ruach. Well, that's the Hebrew version. The same-ish word in the New Testament in Greek is pneuma, um, where we get words like pneumatic, right? Um, and uh, pneuma is the Greek word for spirit. It can also be uh, seen as, as breath or wind. And so when, when the Holy Spirit arrives on Pentecost and it breaks through like wind where the uh, disciples are, um, that's, that's you know, in a sense, Ruah, right? Coming mm-hmm. in, breath, wind, spirit. Yeah. And uh, Leonard Sweet, who's a person who's preached at our church several years ago, Methodist uh, minister and professor in seminary, um, he talks about the idea of a Christian being a noumenot. Sort of a play on the word astronaut. Whereas an astronaut is a sailor of the stars, Christians are sailors of the spirit, a numenot. We, in a sense, our lives, our breath, our spirit, our bodies, our, the whole part of who we are uh, is, in a sense, a sail, according to Leonard Sweet. And so when God's breath, God's spirit blows, We're supposed to allow our lives to be moved by it like a sail moves a sailboat and that we're supposed to go in the direction that he's sending us. And so, you know, when we are not paying attention, when we are being uh, selfish, when we're not thinking about how we can be used or even how every breath can be used as a blessing to others, we're fighting against the wind, you know, And, and a sailor will tell you, that that's a recipe for not going anywhere or even a disaster. Whereas going in the direction of the spirit actually gets you where you're supposed to go. You know, it's, um, it's hard for Christians sometimes because we're scared about where God is taking us, but God is always going to take us to where he needs us to be and where we can be the, the most use. Um, it's unknown sometimes, and it is scary. But in a way, I think we need to understand that God's breath not only breathes those different gifts and strengths, like you said, into us, but also breathes us in the direction that we can use those. For some people, that's a calling. Mm -hmm. For other people, it's situational. You know, God, you know, blows, breathes you in the direction of where you're needed for that moment. Um. You know, I think that for us, we really need to think about this word breath. It goes from Adam and, uh, and Eve in Genesis. It goes to the rebirth of the church. It goes through Paul's letters where he's telling people about the spirit. You know, we, we see breath throughout the entire scripture. And it reminds us that God is active in feeding us. Uh, you know, empowering us by his breath, by his spirit and sending us where we need to go. And I really think that this is something that every Christian needs to consider. How is God breathing into my life now and in what direction is God sending me? Well, before we uh, finish today's podcast, we want to hear from a sponsor and then we'll have a few closing thoughts Mm -hmm. for you.
1: Today's podcast is sponsored by water. Did you know that 70% of the earth is made up of water? Did you know that 60% of the human body is also made up of water? Water. You can't have coffee without it.
0: Well, Angela, um, you know, we've been talking about breath and how can we not talk about breath and prayer? You know, one of the things um, that we can think about in terms of, of our breath is praising God, yes, but prayer, talking to God... You know, a lot of uh, what we do in talking to loved ones is in sharing our day, talking about our our hopes, our dreams, our failures, our needs, and when we do that, you know, as long as we don't have a phone in our hand, uh, we're doing that with every single breath. And so, when I think about prayer, um, I think about that. When I think about uh, even what prayer can do, um, it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of words. But I think about. Um, spending time breathing in stillness uh, with God, I think about you know having that quiet moment uh, where you know, my anxieties start to re- release, my heart rate starts to slow down, and I really can sit in the stillness of God's uh, presence. That that is um, a part of what we can do, and I think. You know, there's even a breath prayer, prayer right, mm-hmm. that we can practice. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, one that I have have learned along the way, we, we talked about the word ruah. you know, Ruach. <laughs> Is that a German word? I don't know. <laughs> um, you can use that word uh, when you are breathing in. You can think Ru and you can actually breathe out Ah. Uh, it's hard to hard to breathe in and say ru at the same time, but right. you can think that word and and then that centers you on God's spirit and right. how active it is in you.
0: So, you know, one of the things about a breath prayer like that is to remember how God is in every breath and that God gives you every breath. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if if praying that word ruah is, is not your cup of tea, well, then, you know, pray silently in your mind as you're breathing in. Thank you, God, for this breath. And then when you breathe out, send me to do your will. Thank you, God, for this breath. Send me to do your will. Um, Spend some time breathing um, and quiet and stillness and consider how God and his breath sustain you. Well, thanks a lot. And we'll see you next week as we look at our fourth word from the Bible in 10 words.